Welcome back to Questions from the Pew, where faith and culture meet. This episode is going to be basically part two of the previous episode we released. If you remember from last time, we took the Bible Tells Me So episode that we released in season zero, all the way back in season zero, um, and we divided it into two parts. And we're kind of just uh, revisiting our ideas from that episode. Um, and then at the end of it, uh, we'll be offering some commentary points of points where we still agree with our previous, our past selves, points maybe where we would disagree, uh, if any, and then uh, maybe points that we want to nuance and kind of in, in, in an effort to to set up the the first few episodes we'll be doing in, in season four, right? Yeah. Yeah. And really, it's just uh, kind of an introduction into our first series that we're going into you know, when the podcast proper starts in July, uh, which will be The Bible Tells Me So Revisited. Um, yeah. So this is a good intro uh, if you really haven't had any contact with the conversation or if you had. Um, yeah. Probably a good yeah. introduction for anybody who is new to the podcast and new to hearing our voices. It's probably Definitely. a good introduction to how we approach the Bible as well. Yeah, um, totally, totally. Which is, honestly, if the, the more you listen to the podcast... We, we very much take the Bible seriously, <laughs> and so it's a good way to, to provide some context for you if you're, you're not familiar with how we totally. discuss things here. The Bible's good stuff. Without further ado, here's part two of The Bible Tells Me So. So I guess one thing that I want to say is, like, to me, it almost, not that the events don't matter, mm-hmm. but they certainly don't matter as much as the emphasis is put on them, that they do matter. Mm-hmm. Because like, so I'm just, I'm just assuming here, I'm not even saying this is what I think, but let's just say that like creation isn't a six day thing. Like that doesn't mean that the, the account of Genesis isn't like very true. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's an right. incredibly true account that shows the nature of God, the nature mm-hmm. of humans, like how these things interact, how these, like, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. there's so much truth in the creation account. Like, I guess I think it's, it's like stripping it of some of its power when we say like, this is describing cosmologically how, you know, how things came to be. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not to say that miraculous, like miraculous events didn't happen. And mm-hmm. certainly we, we would say definitely yeah, like, if you believe in the resurrection of Jesus, yeah. you believe that yeah. goes to And I mean, happen. Paul talks about in First Corinthians where like if Christ didn't actually re- rise from the dead, then right. what we believe in our faith yeah. is completely useless. So obviously there's historicity plays an important role right. in our faith and in right. our reading yeah. of scripture. But I don't think that's all of it. Right. If that makes sense. And I think there's certain things, like we said, like there's a lot of things that you don't need to believe necessarily there's pills that you don't have to swallow but you can still be a christian so obviously the core tenets of the faith like you pretty much have to believe you do in like the resurrection of christ Mm -hmm. which is a miracle like you have to believe that to be a christian you know um but you know you don't have to necessarily hold to even the the uh i guess what we're saying about inerrancy or even some of these events Mm -hmm. there's room like there's so much room underneath like like Christianity mm-hmm. for like differing, differing yeah. views on things. Yeah. So I just want to take a look at it as take a look at it from a focus standpoint, like how much of the biblical text focuses mm-hmm. on the things that we put so much focus on. Right. So how much of the biblical text is focused on science, the creation account. <laughs> yeah. 
or specific accounts. How much yeah. of the biblical text is focused specifically on the global flood of right. Noah? Right. 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 Those are the I'd say the two hot button issues. Right. Because those are <laughs> they don't have any his, written historical record, right, right. you know, per se. Also, like stuff geology that's agreed sometimes. On. Right. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't work. And it. science kind of contra you know quote unquote contradicts what the bible is quote unquote claiming as right historical fact right um so yeah bringing it back to focus then i'd say the the bible focuses much more on jesus resurrection the fact that he did miracles i mean the whole book of luke the whole gospel of luke the point of that is to confirm what theophilus who the guy He's the guy that Luke is writing to. Luke is writing to him to confirm all the things that he's heard and he's been taught about mm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. So clearly, and we have four gospels right. to try to cor- to that are corroborating on that. Right. So clearly, that is a heavy emphasis in the Bible. Right. Whereas Genesis, the creation account, it's, it's one portion of Scripture and then a couple of allusions made to it, but it's not like not even the biblical authors are going out right. and staking, you know, their lives on the creation account. Right. So I think it, if anything, that should be, that should be pretty telling about how we focus in on, right. on different parts. Well, that's the problem is it's like, they obviously had a, a focus on one thing, mm-hmm. namely like, you know, uh, how to view God and how to view your surroundings and, you know, neighbors and that kind of thing for the nation of Israel back then. And then when it does become about like about the questions we want to answer, mm-hmm. we just risk we risk like missing the missing the point. You know what right. I mean? And I think that's like that's I guess that's what I'm speaking to on the Christian side is like let's let's not miss the point of what's being said mm-hmm. here in these squabbles about mm-hmm. creation and like yeah. the flood and all these things. Yeah. Like it's just it's not an essential conversation. Cool, it's fun to talk about. I'm not, yeah. I'm one for talking about things, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, I think you're, you're focusing on the wrong thing and you're putting mm-hmm. 10 times too much emphasis yeah. than is needed on yeah. it. So it, I don't know. I think, I think here's the thing. I think that Christians were cornered into focusing on those things yeah. because of the stuff that, that brought about, for example, the Chicago statement on biblical inerrancy. Right. Right. People will say, we're saying the Bible's historical record doesn't match up with all the other records that we've found of that. Right. And then, so let's grant that that's the case. Right. Right. And so they drafted the statement on inerrancy uh-huh. and they made room for the fact that the Bible is written in the style of the time. So they conflated numbers. They, they didn't include every person in the genealogies right. and all that stuff. But I think the mistake that was made in that was they took what was an attack on historical accuracy. Mm-hmm. And then they lumped up scientific accuracy right. with that, right. right? So the Chicago Statement on Biblical Hermeneutics, which was released after the Biblical Inerrancy Statement, yeah. Article, let me see here. One of the things that I found most troubling, okay, Article 22 of that statement says, we affirm that Genesis 1 through 11 is factual as is the rest of the book. <laughs> We deny that the teachings of Genesis 1 through 11 are mythical and that scientific hypotheses about earth, history, or the origin of humanity may be invoked to overthrow what scripture teaches about creation. 
And I read, I'd never read, <laughs> I'd never read through the hermeneutic statement. Yeah. And I'm like, well, now you're just, you're kind of just pigeonholing yourself. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like now we know, like even within the umbrella of inerrancy, like you're narrowing your scope. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're making, like they're making interpretive decisions at that yeah. point. Okay. We're talking about the Chicago statement of inerrancy, mm-hmm. which is basically it was a, a meeting of. Right. Uh, they met even, in Chicago okay. in 1978. Okay. Um, just because I think, was it within the Southern Baptist Convention or something? There was just a large movement into liberal theology. Mm. And basically what that means is they were, they were throwing off the boundaries of, of assumed biblical inerrancy, meaning that they were conceding that, yeah, the Bible is not true in everything that it claims. And so these group of pastors and theologians were, freaking out because well if they're throwing off everything that you know that keeps us you know in check then the next thing that's going to go is authority and so the chicago statement on biblical inerrancy and biblical hermeneutics was a response to that right how they do it is they they affirm something and then they deny something so Mm -hmm. it says we affirm the script that scripture in its entirety is inerrant being free from all falsehood fraud or deceit and then the denial statement is, we deny that biblical infallibility and inerrancy are limited to spiritual, religious, or redemptive themes, exclusive of assertions in the fields of history and science. We further deny that scientific hypotheses about earth history may properly be used to overturn the teaching of scripture on creation and the flood. And I guess to me, it's like, oh, like you just exposed yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. That's that's the o- one of the only places that they lose me on. Because the rest of it, like the the contradictions we were talking about, are like inflated numbers or things like that. Mm-hmm. They're all within the confines of genre. So right. like it's it's a genre thing. Yeah. It's a it's a literary yeah. uh, style choice right. by the author. And in the scope of things, that's relatively easy to defend, right? Because we have all this other literature to draw back that on. Shows that people do the same thing. Right. That exactly. the style of that day was mm-hmm. to do the same thing. Whereas this. I don't. It just kind of seems out of place, honestly. Mm-hmm. I was reading through the Chicago statement in preparation for this, and I was like, "Okay, that's good." Like, "Okay, that's good." And then I got to this one, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> what? yeah. what is this doing here?" Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and I'm not even I'm not even affirming the theory of evolution or the modern cosmological theories of how the Earth and the universe came to be. Yeah, they're still studying that. But I'm just saying that we Christians don't need to be so up in arms yes about this just right if we believe that nature reveals the glory of god and if the theology if theology and biblical studies is the study of how god revealed himself to us we shouldn't be afraid of science which is a study of another method of god revealing himself right yeah I think that is that's something that's helpful as we move towards a close is maybe a, a nuancing or a redefining of the terms that we use. Mm. Um, so maybe inerrant isn't the best word to use for that. And I think that's where the trouble lies, just because 
we place a title or you know a quality on scripture but then if we're going to be honest most people don't know all the ins and outs of what that quality means right so what doesn't you, you know like what we were saying earlier what does inerrancy make room for or not make room for right and if so is that term causing more right more confusion than clarity the term it, has baggage yeah, yeah exactly and um yeah just cause inerrancy is not a word found in the bible right so maybe we shouldn't be holding on to that so tightly mm. maybe it's time for a nuancing of that definition and i'm not even saying let's throw out the term right although that might be maybe <laughs> the that'd most be something useful. i would say <laughs> yeah yeah i know that's what you would say um but yeah like you were saying it comes with a lot of baggage because from a western mindset when we think of reliability we think of 100 percent accuracy right and if it's not 100 percent accurate the way we deem accuracy right then our modern you know western mindset would deem the bible unreliable right and a logical outcome of that would be unauthoritative right which i get yeah but again let's rethink right i think it like the term to to narrow it down even more like the chicago statement basically and the chicago statement on biblical inerrancy and biblical hermeneutics they basically employ a literal interpretation of the bible and that in itself if you read the commentary on the the two statements, they delineate what they mean by literal. So it takes into account those things that we talked about, the the, the figures, the, genre, the chronological style. stuff, the yeah. yeah, the genre stuff. But the layperson is not going right. to be reading. They it took me literal. a little bit to yeah. search for right. that commentary to see what they were talking about when they talked about truth, when they talked right. about liter uh, literal. Right. Um, interpretations or readings so it i think it accounts for that mm -hmm. maybe not as much as it should mm -hmm. um and i'm not claiming to be an expert or anything but i don't think right. <laughs> it 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 makes enough uh it gives it enough space right. even with the term literal but again for the layperson um they're not they're not they're not looking or understanding the word literal with that in mind Right. When they think of literal, they're going to think of how everyone uses the term literal. Yeah. Well, that's what, like, obviously languages evolve as they go and change. Yeah. So it's, I mean, even terms that were used back when the Chicago Statement was written, like, they might, even in this short span of time, mean something mm -hmm. different. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe it worked for that generation. Yeah. But And I don't want to take a position of chronological snobbery, right. like yeah, Lewis says, right? Because that's yeah. super dangerous. Right. And I don't want to be, yeah. Right. It's just the fact that it's not saying that they're they were any worse off than us. It's just the words don't mean what they used to mean. That's mm -hmm. why I, I guess I don't read the King James anymore. I'm, I know there are people out there who do, <laughs> but I read the King James nowadays. Wait, there are other Bible versions. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for all, all the, our listener. <laughs> why are we going back to another KJV? I don't know. The KJV We're keeps sorry, sneaking into our conversations. <laughs> so maybe literal isn't the best word maybe liter so reading the bible as literally as possible well i get what you mean it might not mean the same thing to today's readers right so maybe we can read the bible literarily hmm. so taking the i think that 
emphasizes more so the literary aspect of it because it's it's more obvious in the word right right literarily right right so all of a sudden your your mind is not thinking to a traditional sense of the word literal mm-hmm. not even the emphatic sense of the word literal right but your mind is focused on the literature part of that word right. so automatically you're going to be reading the bible if you do take if you do start reading the bible literarily you're automatically going to be considering the literature right genre style right. and all that stuff authorial intent yeah. what is he actually yeah. trying to say yeah context. and i'm not going to make a i'm not making any claims that that is the best way but that right. might be a better yeah way yeah, we think they're the word literal and even inerrant have just caused a little bit of confusion mm-hmm. and I guess just maybe a misunderstanding mm-hmm. unless you read further into it like you have with the commentaries. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, maybe it's time to find a word that fits better. Yeah. Um, yeah, for today. Still honoring the past because yeah, it was definitely necessary. Yeah, we appreciate it. But language changes. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I think that's good. Maybe we should kind of pull it together and uh maybe conclude with just trying to say maybe maybe some people didn't understand what we we're saying at certain points so mm-hmm. maybe just to clarify we'll say you know what we're not saying mm-hmm. <laughs> and then what we're saying so i don't know i don't know if you yeah. want to start yeah um hmm. okay so what are we saying or what let's let's start off with what, what we're not, not saying. saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're not saying that the events in the Bible aren't accurate. Right. Right? I think we can both agree on yes. that. Yeah, I would say. Um I would say, yeah. We're not saying so this is this is what I'm not saying. I'm not necessarily saying that the history her historicity presented in the Bible is false. But I don't think, especially like with Genesis and that kind of like the creation account and the flood, the event is not, the event actually happening has no bearing on the themes mm-hmm. and on the the goal of Genesis mm-hmm. or the Pentateuch as a whole. Because let's say, so one of the difficulties is, so so what do you do with when Jesus talks about Jonah, right? He says mm-hmm. they the, no sign will be given to them except the sign of Jonah. Mm-hmm. And some scholars don't even believe Jonah existed. Right. Or let's take the to- the tale of the account of Jonah being swallowed up mm-hmm. by a fish. Mm-hmm. How is that right. physically possible? Uh, right. It brings up whole questions of that. Right? So the question is, well, if Jesus is referring to it, what Obviously, it's you know fact. If if Jesus, fact. yeah, you can know, I refers say a to piece it. on that. Or yeah, go can... ahead. I okay. think we're on the same page okay. on this. So go ahead. Yeah, I guess to me, it's just because somebody's using a well-known figure or an mm-hmm. example doesn't mean that they're uh, affirming the absolute historicity of it. So mm-hmm. when even in Romans, when it says by one man sin came into the world through Adam, and also by one man sin leaves the world through Christ. You can still say that that's a literary device to say, look, Jesus took the sin away from mm-hmm. the, of, of like from the world. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's not, it, it doesn't necessitate that Adam actually is like, was a, was a, I guess like a factual historical, mm-hmm. you know, figure. Um, and the same thing with, with Jonah, when Jesus says, you know, I'll give you the sign of Jonah, which is basically, he'll be dead for three days and rise again, which mm-hmm. is how long Jonah was in the whale. 
just because he's making that reference doesn't necessitate that Jesus, you know what I mean? That he's right. saying that that absolutely right. happened. Yeah. I'm not saying that it didn't happen. I'm just right. saying if you can't swallow that pill, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like with it's essentially their sermon illustrations. Right. Right. We don't, we don't place all our eggs in, in a, in a sermon illustration. No, we take the sermon illustration as a whole mm-hmm. and the actual main focus of a sermon. Right. Like if, if you talk with someone and they they're so focused on the details of a sermon of a sermon illustration, uh-huh. then they obviously completely you missed, missed the sermon and the point <laughs> yeah. of it. And that's I think our position yeah, on that. Exactly. It's like stop focusing on what he was using to illustrate whether right. or not they were factual or not. Right. And again, we're not saying one thing or the other. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying let's stop focusing on that right. because it does make us look ignorant yeah. and closed-minded. I think closed-minded is a is a label often put on Christians, and I think yeah. it is very rightly rightly placed in some instances. Right? Yeah. Are there certain things that the Bible is very clear about? Yes, but are there certain things where it's not clear? Right. From our perspective, yes. Especially some modern questions like mm-hmm. science. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so we're not saying that the events in the Bible are not accurate. Right. This so this is where when we were talking at the beginning, we were saying the Bible is true in all that it affirms mm-hmm. and everything that it's trying to get across to you. So, um so that's where all these things um such as the flood and the creation account, it's like what is the author trying to get across to me? And that's what you should take away. And uh I guess we would say like interpretive or I guess I would say uh like my interpretation is that he's not trying to present a scientific explanation of the, you know, the creation of the world and that kind of a thing. Um, it's more so about the nature of God and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and even the nature of humans as well. Yeah. One thing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, but we're, at the same time, we're also not saying that accuracy is not important. Yeah. Right. Right. right because obviously there's certain things of our faith that we need to be to accurate be. that yeah. Jesus rose from yeah, the dead. Exactly. So clearly that's if very somebody's denying important. that Jesus existed and is still a Christian or trying to be a Christian. I guess I would that yeah, wouldn't that would, they wouldn't even fall into that category. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You're also yeah. The thing about being kicked out of the church, this is just a t- entirely a side note. There's certain pillars of Christian Christian theology that if you deny you are just no longer a Christian. It's not that, you know, we hate you and we don't want you in here. It's just mm-hmm. that if you say that Jesus isn't a divine divine and human, that's a pillar of the faith. And so, you know, you can believe that, but mm-hmm. you can't call yourself a Christian. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's just yeah. a side note. Something that my pastor always says is like <laughs> to be a Christian, you don't need to have all your Ts crossed and all your Is dotted. Yeah. You know. So, if you and I'm not, even, I'm not even saying eventually you'll get to the point where you believe it does, right, it did right, factually yeah, exactly. happen. I'm just saying, like, we pose, we put too much into the basket of salvation. All right, you need to put all these things into the salvation basket, then you can go ahead and carry it and claim that you're saved. Right. You, you don't need to do that. Um, yeah. You don't even, yeah, you don't even really have to try, honestly. Right. Anyway, I don't know why this turned into a... We're just evangelizing right now. Anyway. Have you heard the good news, listener? (laughs) Yeah. Do you know Jesus Christ? Uh, Anyway. But I think... Okay, so we've said what what we're not... We've said what we're not saying. Right. right. So we've stated and we made clear what we're not saying. So what you said earlier, you know, this is what we are saying. Mm -hmm. Like you said, the Bible is true in everything that it's 
trying to communicate, what it's trying to get across mm. to us. And you did a really good job, I think, of kind of expanding on that. Um, and I'd even add to that and say, specifically, the Bible is not undermined by science. Absolutely not. Because yeah. they're answering two different yeah. questions. I would say every once in a while it helps us because that way we're not burning people at the stake when they say mm -hmm. the world is round, goes around the sun. Yeah. So sometimes it actually does help us interpret. Yeah. And the authority and truthfulness of the Bible doesn't rest on 100% accuracy. Right. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that might be troubling yeah, for, for some sure. people. And I get why it would be. Well, I guess that's the, it's what does your faith stand on? So, so I'm taking an example that I don't even, I don't even believe. I'm just, I'm just saying a crazy example. Like say a uh, historical like fact was found that like the biblical temple of Solomon like never existed or like it might've existed, but it was like nothing like what was written in the Bible or something, mm -hmm. which I'm, this isn't even a claim that's being made. I'm just using a random example. Um, like even if that was the case, I'd be like, oh, all right like like that's fine like interesting and you know maybe challenge that to see if it's actually you know accurate but at the same time that doesn't i now that has no bearing on whether or not i can like believe the gospel to be true and like be a christian it would make me look at the the biblical text a little different like hmm, i wonder why it was written this way mm -hmm. like i said that's a horrible example because it's not that's not right. an actual thing that's argued yeah. but, but i think you you touched on an important point right so let's not grip our reading of scripture so tightly that it makes us close-minded to everything else but at the same time let's not accept all the critiques of scripture right open-mindedly as well just without like critique right yeah exactly so i think there's a there's an open palm to this whole thing like you keep you keep your beliefs and your interpretation in open home definitely nothing wrong with having strong convictions mm -hmm. i think that you should yeah yeah exactly but then you know when things do come along you know give it some thought mm -hmm. some critical thinking and obviously you know i mean that's why we have experts and that kind of a thing yeah. um and just yeah see how it goes so i guess open palm but also but also you know strong conditions. yeah all right well there's that that was part <laughs> two yes no it was i mean it's always just interesting hearing what we have to say i think one thing that i would uh Maybe just provide a little bit, maybe just more clear, um, more clarity is on, you know, historicity. Um, I think in the podcast, I was just kind of, just kind of talking about, you know, maybe it matters, maybe it doesn't matter. Didn't I don't even know if I landed anywhere. <laughs> um, but I think uh, John Golden Gay, the scholar, who I think is out in, uh, what's the, what's the university at? Fuller, I, I think, right? I believe so. Um, anyway, if that's wrong then I'm sorry, but pretty sure he was at Fuller uh, for a while. Um, but, you know, he offers some good, I think, guardrails in the conversation of historicity. Uh, basically, his view or the view that he proposes is that um, basically Christians should care about historicity whenever historicity or like, you know, the actual event is important to the meaning of the text. Um so, for instance, I mean, this is the easy one that all Christians subscribe to, but the resurrection of Jesus, you know, if that's just a story and it didn't really happen, the meaning is completely gone. It doesn't, it doesn't hold anything. And I think we even said that in the podcast a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, but Golden Gagos uh, takes things like the exile um, or the exodus, kind of some of these big themes that are popping up 
throughout all of scripture, not mm-hmm. just in, you know, the places where, or in the text where those events are retold. Uh, but they're kind of all over the, all over the, uh, the corpus of scripture. Um, so he'll say that those are also, if those didn't happen, then kind of the, the meaning of the old Testament is lost, right. um, which I, you know, I would agree with him. So that's where, um, I guess the a story that would sit in contrast to, you know, maybe the exile or Jesus's resurrection, uh, would be like the story of Jonah. Um, so if, if the story of Jonah is actually something that happened in, in history, um, there really was a prophet who really did get on a boat, who really did try to go to sail across the sea, got thrown overboard, you know, the whole thing. Um, you know, if, if that did happen, that's great. But if that didn't happen and it's just kind of an anecdotal story, a short satire, I mean, there's lots of different ways to look at Jonah, but, uh, if it is, you know, a story, it doesn't change the meaning or what, what we learn about God Mm -hmm. and what we learn about human beings and his, and God's people. It doesn't change the meaning even a little bit. Um, So that's where... The point of the narrative wasn't to communicate historical fact. It was a... It was a it was a mirror that was supposed to be held up to the right, face of exactly. the Israelites, right? So if like if if the detail, oh yeah. So like the kind of like what you were saying, like if it happened, great. We believe that a man rose from the dead and and right. paid the penalty for our sins, and we have hope because of that. Right. A man being swallowed by a fish is. <laughs> it's like right. If that happened, okay, great. But if it didn't, right, it, we're not at a loss, I right. guess. Because the, the story doesn't ride on yes. that. The message of the story isn't doesn't necessitate that it happened. Right. Um, whereas the message of like Jesus' resurrection, we do need that to have happened <laughs> for it to mean anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we were just a little bit uh, unclear in the in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think this is a good, and obviously there are Christians who would say we don't need that guardrail you know it doesn't matter you know if the exile happened or the exodus maybe there's some who would even say Jesus resurrection um so there might be people who say that but as far as how we approach the bible on this podcast that's kind of a guardrail that we'll hold to right yeah i still think i mean we brought it up in the episode but i still think that the focus on like the the focus of the biblical authors themselves it's still a good benchmark to start from in our discussion of well how much how tightly do we grip the historical details that are sure. you know told in the text sure. right cuz like what paul said like if the resurrection didn't happen then we believe for nothing right so oh. there are very clear instances where the biblical authors will will kind of put a foot draw a line in the sand if you will and say no Definitely. this needs to have happened otherwise why we do things why we believe these things and why we live this way has no foundation Um, But where the Bible um, is less clear, maybe those gray areas or the areas where um, the biblical authors choose not to focus a ton of attention, maybe you just hold them more loosely. Again, we're not, I don't think we're taking a position of yes or no, you know, whether those events happened, but we're just not tightly gripping to the idea that those events need to have happened in order for the biblical narrative to be totally you know theologically true yeah there's room for some uh diversity of thought yeah well great i mean i feel pretty good do you have anything else uh, you want to talk about 
yeah, no, those those were the the major points. I think that really sets us up really nicely for, again, the season proper. The the first few episodes will be in our series, The Bible Tells Me So, revisited. Uh, where we're, we're again we're taking the foundation from the first, The Bible Tells Me So episode we released in season zero, and we're branching out from there. Maybe diving into some more of the the, the details of that discussion um, and asking some new questions as well. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and if you'd like to support us financially, you can do so on Patreon. Uh, you can find us just at www.patreon.com slash questions from the pew. And if you can't support us financially, please give us a good rating or review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, and that will help others find our podcast. Also, like always, please comment and ask questions. Leave us a short voice message or text message at 312-725-2995. This has been Questions from the Pew, a podcast in the World Outspoken Network. To learn more about World Outspoken and its mission to prepare the Mestizo Church for cultural change, visit www.worldoutspoken.com. For Questions from the Pew, I'm Rikard Zalameta. I'm Lucas Manning. We'll see you next time. Bye.